This is the Yoga Off the Mat podcast, a space you can learn how to deepen your connection with yourself, to live a fulfilled, passionate, and authentic life using the lessons from the mat. I'm your guide, host, and teacher, Amber Hackberg, and I'm here to inspire you to take time for yourself so that you can embody the practice of yoga and live your yoga on and off the mat. You're listening to Yoga Off the Map podcast with Amber Hagberg, episode number 30. And today I have Madison Ripley with me where we're going to dive into whether to take a 200-hour yoga teacher training in an immersion somewhere else, away from life, home, routine, or to take it at a local studio where it's spread out over a set amount of dates and you get to choose which training is best for you. Be sure to share this if it resonates with you. I love being able to share the gift of yoga and the way we reach more people is if this resonates with you. You have friends, students, people that you know are on the edge. They don't know what training is right for them. Share this episode, tag me. And if you have any questions, find me on Instagram at Amber Hagberg. I love to make this social where we can connect no matter where you're at in the world. So reach out. We're diving in and I can't wait to hear what you think. Hi, I'm Kelsey Farias. And I'm Armando Farias. And each week we will be sharing knowledge and inspiration on becoming a better you. Feeling down, defeated, or looking at how to better yourself? We got you. Already successful? Great. Let's help you achieve even more. Sit back and get prepared to hear about overcoming challenges related to self-development, such as mental health, relationships, goal setting, personal growth, fitness, and dream building. Welcome, Welcome to, to Self Love Sit Downs. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Self Love Sit Downs. Today we have a guest, Amber Hagberg. She comes to us from the country of Costa Rica, originally from the United States. She traveled to Costa Rica to pursue some dreams and goals, but in the process, she found so much more. She found the power of yoga and how it helps with so much stress and anxiety. As an instructor there now full time, she shares some of her greatest takeaways with you. Welcome, everybody. We have Amber Hagberg here with us today. Super special request. She actually, the, rate, the way we got in contact with her, she actually reached out to us. She listened to our podcast or, and she loved it. And she wanted to be, she wanted to provide the value that she has and the experience that she has with everybody else. Because what she has to offer is, I think, something super valuable that we can all learn from and just have a more in-depth knowledge on what she, her experience has gone through and what she's, what she's going through now. So Amber, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, just kind of some of the background so we have a better understanding of who you are, and then we'll kind of lead into what you do and how it all ties together with a great topic for self-love sit-downs. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, Just a little background is I grew up in Iowa. My dad died when I was 17. It's really struggling, um, and I was overeating, drinking, partying. And there was just this grieving process where a friend introduced me to yoga. And it was the first place that I could feel my pain. And the first place I was able to connect to myself. And so 
once I was healed through this connection to yoga, I was like, I want to know more. I did what I wasn't supposed to. I dropped out of college, moved to Colorado and started studying yoga. And I was like, I need to share this with everyone. Like it changed my life. Yes. Um, and yes, long story short, it, it took me to Costa Rica where I started doing yoga retreats and teacher trainings and, and helping more people spread the yoga. And, and through COVID, I started coaching people how to live a yogic lifestyle because what I found, I was in India for seven months in um, India lockdown, the, the country had shut down and I got stuck there. And so what I realized is like, I can't do yoga retreats. I can't do teacher trainings. All of my live events got canceled. And I was like, what is yoga? And being in India where it was birth, it was like, oh, yoga is a lifestyle. And what I found is so many people had to sit with themselves during COVID yeah. because we couldn't leave our houses and, you know, mental and emotional health was on the rise yeah. and people needed yoga more than ever. So it was like, what can I do? So I started coaching people how to connect to their emotions, their thoughts, and how that related to their overall experience through yoga philosophy. That's awesome. And I, I don't know if I mentioned like in that introduction, but Amber is currently living in Costa Rica. That is where she's at now, and she's living that that lifestyle. And what she teaches is how to handle like stress and anxiety, and how the the deep impacts that yoga has in that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? How how yoga benefits us mentally? Yeah. So you know, when you're crying or in fear, when your thoughts are going down a, a rabbit hole, I like to think of, and the anxiety is intensifying, we hold our breath. And so as we're moving in the physical asana practice, the movement, we're flowing through like the tension, the tightness in our physical body, which is why oftentimes people will go to a yoga class and they'll have this experience where they cry and they don't even know why they're crying, but they're releasing some sort of emotional tension or tightness that was stored at a traumatic time in their life. And so when we get into the asana, the movement, we're getting into the other layers of the body without even knowing it. And that's why when we come into the final pose of Shavasana or relaxation, there's this sense of connection or peace because we've brought the three pieces of our existence together, mind, body, soul, or emotions, mental and physical. And there's this sense of just sweet release that we can't necessarily get when we're constantly doing all the things on our to-do list. And the doing is what causes stress, tension, tightness. And if we're stuck in the doing, the mind goes down that rabbit hole where through yoga, we find this moment to pause because I don't know if you've ever practiced yoga before. If you're trying to think about the left arm and the right leg and step forward and step back, you can't be anywhere else. So it brings you to the present, which gets you out of your head, out of that place that can take you down the spiral and bring you here, which is that pause. I definitely struggle with being present. That's very hard for me. I am somebody who I'm an Enneagram three. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the Enneagram test, but I'm an achiever. And so I'm always chasing the next thing. And so it's really, really difficult for me to be completely present, to be in the moment. And that's something that I've actually been trying to be so intentional with, with my August goals. One of my goals was to be more present with the people that I'm with because I constantly find myself easily distracted, having a hard time staying focused. And I wouldn't have even considered yoga to help with that. 
tell us a little bit about some of the things that you see, maybe some of the transformations or aha moments that you've been able to help people find to bring them to this sense of peace that it's brought to you, or even maybe share some of your story in how it's transformed your life so deeply. I love what you said, because this is what so many people, why so many people resist yoga is they think, oh, I'm not flexible or I can't be present. I can't sit still. And we don't go to the yoga mat to have this. We do it to practice getting there. And so if you're not flexible, if the mind is busy, if you can't sit still, that's why you do it. And massive results come like as I've been coaching for the last two years, like women will be like, my husband is thanking you because I'm calmer. I'm less angry. I'm more at peace. So it's not even that they notice it, but their families are noticing it because they find this sense of inner peace when they practice meditation. And it's like where they are in the beginning months to where they are three months later, it's like complete transformation. You know, they come to me and they're like, my return on investment working with you is still unfolding six, eight months later. And now I'm teaching it to my husband. Now I'm teaching it to my kids. And it's a practice that any of us can do. And what I always say to people is like, if you want to run a marathon, if you want to get a six pack, you don't wake up one day and have a six pack or run a marathon. You practice every single day. So if you have stress, anxiety, tension, if your body's sore and tight, you just practice every single day. And what unfolds in those moments is there's more and more inner peace. And then yeah, it's on the yoga mat that you experience that, but then you get to use it throughout your day where instead of reacting on your kids or lashing out on your partner, you find that pause because you've been practicing it on your own. And so the unfolding, and that's why I always preach like yoga off the mat, because if you're doing yoga just to go get a good workout and then you become a jerk when you get off your mat, then what's the point? Exactly. <laughs> that is amazing. That is such a valuable, valuable I guess, description or, you know, kind of everybody is searching for peace. Everybody, everybody wants peace. Everybody wants happiness. And I don't think a lot of people, myself included, would make that connection of what yoga can do for that. Because a lot of times, you know, as you know, I'm a fitness coach and people have the same, same conversation with me is the return on investment. I'm a better wife. I'm, I'm a better mother because all of these physical, emotional, mental health, all of that is one. And people, a lot of times they want, give me the big ticket item, you know, give me these big things. And it's like, no, we have to take it back to the basics. The basics are truly what's going to transform yourself. The basics are what's going to get you what you're searching for. But we want this big, like, tell me the big secret, the secrets and the basics, move your body, work on your breath work, focus on bringing yourself peace, focus on filling your cup so that you can fill the cup of others. And so that's where what we both do, very different things that we teach, but they very much so intertwine and really are giving people exactly what we're all searching for. But everybody wants to feel like it's this big, hard, you know, secret. And it's really not. It's taking it back to the basics. What are you doing to bring yourself peace? 
how are you moving your body that makes you happy? How are you making yourself the best version of yourself? And it all boils down to working on yourself in any way, shape or form. But I love that you made that connection to that inner peace and how that works off of the mat as well. How yoga, practicing yoga can help you in all areas of your life. Because most of the time people don't make that connection until they are either, they have an aha moment or even more so if they experience it themselves. And it's hard for us to buy into things that we can't see, feel, touch, you know? And so until somebody takes the chance and bets on themselves and for example, hires you as their coach and then they experience it, then they're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? Because now I get to have and use this for the rest of my life. And it's such, it's something that you and I could preach all day to people, but unless they experience it or unless maybe somebody close to them experiences it, somebody they trust, they maybe aren't bought into it. But I think it's so important, especially coming out of a world of COVID where all of us are struggling with mental health. How can we help that? So my next question for you is somebody who's listening to this and is like, how do I get just one step closer to that inner peace? Or how do I take a step towards what you're teaching on my own? What is the advice that you would give somebody that just a a complete beginner could do today to help themselves or even a few steps that would benefit them, but be easy enough for somebody to start practicing on their own? I love it because everything you said, I was like, yes, that's what we need to hear. And it's because like, oh, I want to, I want to lose weight tomorrow. It's like, well, you have to eat healthy. Most of the time you have to move your body most of the time. And, And the same thing goes with cultivating inner peace. It's like in the morning, when you wake up, close your eyes and take five deep breaths. Think of three things that you're grateful for. Oh my gosh. When you're running around. (laughs) Yeah. Gratitudes. If I could force people to do something, it would be gratitudes because it brings, it forces our minds. It's we're rewiring our minds to search for the good in every single day, which brings happiness which makes us a happier person, which flows and allows us to make the people around us happier. It's just a ripple effect. So sorry, I interrupted you. Continue. No, it's exactly what you said. If you're stressed out and you focus on all the things that stress you out, you magnify being more stressed. But if you wake up every morning, take a pause before you jump out and do all your to-do lists, be grateful you wake up. You know, be grateful that you have a physical body to move. Be grateful that you have food. It doesn't have to be a big thing. And sometimes like when I'm moving with people and coaching them, I'm like, be grateful you have two arms and two legs because not everyone does. And so if they're like, oh, I have nothing to be grateful for. It's like, oh, there's so many little things that if we focus on what we're grateful for, that just magnifies. Mm-hmm. And when I was going through a really traumatic breakup, people would see me driving in the car, text messaging me and say, Amber, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I, every morning I woke up just thinking of what I was grateful for. I was grateful for my car, grateful to be living in Costa Rica. I was focusing on those things I had to be grateful for. And so I always say like, start your morning. I like to call it the gift of 10. Give yourself 10 minutes every single morning. And You don't have to do anything specific in that 10 minutes in the morning. It's ask yourself, what do I need today? And let it be flexible. Learn to listen because some mornings you wake up and you're like, okay, I have a busy day today. Let's do meditation. I have a busy day today. Let's just write down things I'm grateful for. 
or today's going to be slow sitting at a desk. Maybe I should go for a walk. Yeah. Maybe I should do like 10 minutes of exercise. So what do I need today? And, and how can I love myself right now? And then yeah. after that 10 minutes, go do anything that you want. But every morning, 10 minutes, that's what I like to call priming yourself for the day. Get yourself in a mood, set an intention. What's on your to-do list and say, make a mantra, make a phrase. Today's going to be productive and easeful. Today I'm grateful. And then when you end your day, do you want, uh uh-uh. <clears throat> When you end the day, unwind. How can you de-stress from your day? Um, There's a yoga pose that we call legs up the wall. Bring your butt as close to the wall as you can, put your legs up. And that five minutes there, 10 minutes there is equivalent to a 20 minute nap. It'll take you out of fight or flight nervous system, which is what causes stress, which is causes tension. It'll bring you into the parasympathetic nervous system, which gives your body rest and digest, allows you to feel safe, and it can drop you into a place to sleep better. Wow. And then at the end of that time, it's like, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I have these practices to start and end my day. And people always say, I don't have time, Amber. It's like, well, you had time for all these other things and there's only one relationship you have your entire life and that's the one with yourself. So how don't you have time for that? Everyone's got five minutes. Everyone's got 10 minutes. Everybody has five minutes. Yes. I am such a firm believer in that. I always tell people you make time for what you see a priority in. So you have to make yourself a priority because like you said, I love that you said the relationship with yourself is the only one you'll have forever. I've never, I mean, I know that, but I've never heard it worded that way because I always tell people is who is the voice you hear the most? It's the one in your head. So pay attention to how you talk to yourself. But that is even more just like you just blew my mind with that. I want you to know. And I'm going to use that. So um, thank you for that. But I think it's so, I love that you give the simplest things. Take 10 minutes in the morning. Take five minutes in the evening. Everybody has 15 minutes to pour for themselves. If you don't, we have a time management issue, right? Take some time for yourself. I think that's so important. And I think it's something that we overlook because we all want to be so busy. But if I take this time for myself, I'm going to be more productive and that's more valuable because that's going to give me something I can't buy, which is time, right? If I'm more productive through my day by taking the time to do these practices, feel better, be more productive, have more mental clarity, then I'm getting time back that I wouldn't otherwise have. And that's something we all want more is more time. We all want more time and that you can't buy that money cannot buy time. Right. And so when I think of that, that holds so much value that is so valuable. So I really applaud you that you just blew my mind with that one. Yeah. And I just have to say like, I, what you said in uh, a few minutes ago is like, If you say, I don't have time, switch the phrase to, I don't prioritize myself and see how that feels. And and then in the same sense, people always say, I don't have time. And it's like, you'll always get more money, but you don't ever get more time. Time is ticking for all of us. So it's like, invest your time in you because that's going to run out. Your money doesn't, you know, you can always find new ways to generate more money. And the more that you invest into yourself now, everything is energy, the more energy that you'll have to get more money. So invest in your health, invest in who you're becoming because mental, physical, emotional health is the only thing that money can't buy. Exactly. Oh my gosh. You're just, 
all of the things I teach is exactly what you're talking on. So I think it's so crazy how everything is tied together. Two completely different worlds. We are coaches in two completely different capacities, but they the things we teach overlap so much. And I think that's so valuable because that shows, guys, it really is going back to the basics and taking care of yourself. We have to see ourselves as a priority because that is what's going to make us more money. That's what's going to allow us for more time with the people that we love so much, right? And so you have to take care of yourself. Something I'd like for you to share with us is a little bit inside on your coaching. I know you're a life coach and then you also work on these retreats and things like that. Give us a little inside look of what those look like. Yeah, so I like to make it everything that we've been talking about where you make yourself a priority, you prioritize your time, working with time management, and we can't change what we're not aware of. So the first thing I do when I work with anyone is like, write down everything that you do in the next three days, then in the next week, and then start to look at, is that where you want to put your time and energy? And where can you start to reroute where your energy and time is going based on the person that you want to become? And, and as we move through that, it's like taking your yoga off the mat and into the world. So what do you learn on your yoga mat? how to find moments of peace, how to find moments of pause, how to be more present. And then we incorporate that into our relationships. But the first relationship, which is what I've always said um, before, is the sacred, most intimate relationship that we ever have. The longest one is the one with ourselves. And I learned this through a hard breakup where it was like, it didn't matter how many countries I went to, how many places I traveled, everywhere I went, I ended up with myself. And so I start to say, like, how do you talk to yourself? How do you treat yourself? And is that what's showing up in your relationships? And so taking the yoga mat practice and applying it to our external relationships. And there's five yamas and, and five niyamas. The first yama is um, ahimsa, compassion, kindness, looking at the way you treat yourself, looking at the way you treat the world. Um, another one is truthfulness. You know, are you being honest with yourself? Are you saying like you prioritize your health, you want to be healthier, but then not your actions aren't following what your values are? Yes. And then we go into like a stay or, or non-stealing. Are you stealing time from yourself? Are you stealing time from others? And so just using these different philosophy themes, looking at how they're showing up in the world in, in, our, in our actions. And one of my students said to me, I think I finally realized what living your yoga means. Are my actions in alignment with my values? Yes. And that's my goal is like to find out what your values are and make sure that every single day you wake up, you're taking action to who you want to become and the values you say are important to you. Because what we'll find is you say you value this, but your actions are different. Yes. So how do we bring those into alignment? And I think it's hard for people to make that connection on their own. It's, I think it's one of those things where sometimes we're so close to something, we're overcomplicating it. We have to almost have somebody there holding our hand to say, Hey, but look at this. What about this? You know, taking somebody else looking at your life, whether it be searching for your inner peace or whether it be your fitness journey, we're so close to it. We're emotionally involved in it that we can't see what's right in front of us sometimes. And I think that it's, really, really difficult for people to take that step back and say, am I actually aligning? Am I showing up as the person that I want to be? Or am I just going through the motions of who I've always been, 
right? We can, it's two different things to say, I want to be this person. I want to show up as this person, but your actions actually aligning with that is sometimes really difficult, even for myself, even for myself, I will find myself, you know, when I want to show up as the healthiest best version of myself. Do I still find myself eating like a trash panda sometimes? Absolutely I do. And that doesn't align with the person that I want to be. And sometimes that's where having a coach, hiring a coach to help you with that can hold so much value to say, hey, maybe my actions aren't aligning with what I actually want to do and having that accountability. And it's so great that you provide that for people to help them get to that inner peace because that's so it touches all areas of our life. It touches all of our relationships, like you said. And I'm also a firm believer. I kind of want to bounce back and talk about how you were talking about your relationship. And I think that your relationship with yourself, as you noted, is I think you attract the type of relationship you think you deserve. And I know I speak for myself and you can kind of touch on this for yourself, my prior relationships, I was not in a good headspace. I wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't see my own worth. And until I got out of those and worked on myself, I then attracted the type of re relationship that I actually wanted and deserved. How does that, does that make a connection for yourself? Do you feel that way in your current relationship? Because I know before we started recording, we were talking about your breakup and everything that kind of happened for you and now how you've found this new amazing love. And I would love to kind of hear your perspective on that end if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, you gave me goosebumps because I'm I'm in the middle on my Instagram and Facebook telling my story of this relationship. Um, that I kept settling for. And it's because that's how I treated myself. Yes. I didn't love and respect myself the way I do now. And so when I chose myself and I left this relationship, I set a new standard. And it was like, I was single for three and a half years because I wasn't going to settle. It was like, I'm not going to accept someone until I have someone that loves me the way I love myself. Exactly. But I first had to love myself. And so we, we attract what we feel we deserve. We yes. attract the standards we set for ourselves. And just like what you were saying about, you know, sometimes we don't eat well. And sometimes like I preach these things. And what I, what I tell my students is, and I admit to them, you know, it's like, oh, I haven't been practicing. I started getting stressed out. I started getting more on edge. But we forget, we eat crappy or we stop our practices and then we forget and we come back. And we get to be that example to our students. Like I've been there before. Yes. I wasn't loving myself. I attracted a crappy partner. I wasn't eating well. I felt like crap. I wasn't practicing. Yes. I'm stressed out. And you know, what I like to say is like, let's practice being more human. No yes. one's perfect. Exactly. And I think there's a couple lessons in that one we're, we're all, there's no expectation for perfection. If we have that expectation for ourselves, we're constantly going to be let down. Even the people like you and I, who we are teaching this, we are empowering others to do what we've done, right? But we still fall into some of those bad practices at times that makes us human. It doesn't mean that just because we teach it, we have perfected it. No, there's no even expectation of perfection. So one, everybody is human. It's not going to be all the time. The second reminder is 
when we fall out of these practices, it's a reminder of why we do the practices, why we put in the work. Because when I don't, I don't feel that inner peace. When I don't eat well, I feel like crap. And so all of us have to have that kind of slap in the face on occasion to be like, this is why you're doing all this work. Because at any capacity, no matter what you're doing, what journey you're pursuing, it takes work because it does. It takes doing the practices, the gratitudes, practicing your yoga, working on your breath work, you know, working on making new nutrient dense meals, working out at the gym, whatever that looks like, it's work. It is work. If it were easy, everybody would do it. But when we have those fall offs, we're reminded, ah, that's right. This is why I'm putting in the work because I'm worthy. I feel my best when I do these things. And it's so valuable for people to see both sides of that. Like, Hey, you're not going to be perfect, but sometimes we all need that reminder, you know? And so it's so, I love that you're vulnerable with it, with your students and you're willing to say, Hey, look what I just did. This is, you know, I fell out of my practices. I'm human, just like you. Let's do this together because I think there's so much power in having a leader who's going to be there in the thick of it, doing it with you versus just telling you, right? And I think you probably see it in your students as well, that they're more bought into it with you because they see you doing all of the things. I always tell my clients, like, I wouldn't ask you to do something I wouldn't also do you know? And so it's so valuable. And I know without even knowing the inside of your coaching, I know you're a phenomenal coach for that. So I truly applaud you. Yeah. You say so, you say so many things that I say to my students. And what I love so much is that we just get to be on this journey of imperfection and vulnerability and Mm -hmm. becoming the best versions of ourselves by finding what works and what doesn't, you know, like I went to Italy and I ate pizza, pasta, and ice cream for two weeks. And I was like, oh, that's why I don't eat this way. I feel yep. so bad. Yeah. It's not because it's good or bad. And so it's like just a good reminder. And also like my students, they always want to be perfect. And they're like, I'm not doing it like you said. And I was like, do you know anyone in your life perfect? Yeah. Okay. Why are you raising a standard to yourself if you know no one else in this world that is perfect? And so I think that the more that we become relatable, the yeah. more that we become real, the more our students are like, oh, wow, there's no pedestal. We're all just human doing the best that we can. Exactly. I love that so much. I just had a conversation with a client who kind of reverted back to some bad eating habits after a bad situation. And I told her, okay, I want you to do this. I want you to reflect on this. I want you to journal about this, but then I need you to let it go because you hanging on to this isn't helping you. It's doing nothing from, for you. What you're going to get out of this is reflecting on it, figuring out, okay, what was the trigger? How can I help this? How can I make this different next time? And letting it go. That holds so much value to you because Then I also asked her, I want you to send me a message. If you were telling me as a friend who just went through what you did, how would you speak to that friend? And then I want you to replace it and say it to yourself because we're so quick to give grace to others, but ourselves, we are like, oh no, I'm not allowed to make mistakes. And that just creates this terrible, like bad mental spiral that we send ourselves into. And then we just like, oh, I might as well give up. 
you know, and everything's out the window. And it's like, no, we first have to realize there is no expectation for us to be perfect. We are supposed to make mistakes because a lot of times there's hard lessons that we were supposed to learn in those mistakes. It's so valuable, but you have to reflect on them and remove that idea of perfection. Mm, it's so good because it's like people ask me, Amber, why is it so easy um, to get started? Why is it so easy to stop, but so hard to start again? Because of guilt and shame and pressure. Well, I didn't do it today or yesterday, so why even try? It's like, well, because today's a new day. It's a new opportunity. But we put so much pressure on ourselves of perfection that we don't want to start again, that we shame and guilt ourselves that we just can't. And that's why it's rewiring the mind. Yeah. We, you know, and I just did a Facebook live on this the other day. It's like, what are your beliefs? You know, what is your mindset telling you? And is that supporting you? And if not create a new wire, go yeah. in a new direction so that it does support you. So that next time you fall off and you go on vacation or you go through a traumatic time, you know, it's okay to start again. Yes. Giving yourself permission. I think mm -hmm. that's important. It's so valuable. And it's something we all struggle with. Honestly, it's hard. It's hard to restart, especially when you've done this. You're like, I've, I already went through this. I shouldn't have to go through it again, but you should, because there's a new lesson in restarting every single time. Yeah. And, and I think one of the great things, and I'm going to go back a little bit, you gave us the gift of 10, which I think is great. I think that's going to be something that anybody and everybody can implement. And then also kind of the, that's to start the day. And then the five minutes at the end of the day, put your legs up on a wall. What would you suggest or recommend for somebody when they get hit with a little bit of anxiousness, a little bit of stress throughout their day? Maybe they had something happen at work or throughout their day. What's something that they could just do quickly to kind of help them relax a little bit? Yeah, so if you're in a place that you're able to, bring your hands into your heart, close your eyes, and literally just feel the beat of your heart. Let that bring you to the moment. One thing that I like to say is your breath and your heart are always there. It's just a matter of if you're aware of it or not. Yeah. Um, if you're in a place that you, you know, at work or somewhere on a train station and it's like an awkward place to just do that, you don't feel comfortable, then have a mantra, uh, a phrase. A mantra is a phrase or a saying that I like to say you start your day with, like thinking about what's ahead and use that mantra so that when you get anxious, you get, you know, stressed out, I'm at peace. I'm at ease. I'm at peace. I'm at ease. And we don't always do it right away. Sometimes that spiral happens. The more we go down that spiral, the more intense it gets. The moment you notice that you're down the spiral, come back to the mantra, come back to the heart, come back to the breath. You can choose anything, but let there be an anchor that works for you. The anchor can be a phrase. It can be the breath. It can be the heart. And that's something that's going to take you from following that like spiral downward that's intensifying the emotion to bring you back to the present moment of just being right here. Because what I find is that we get so caught up into the past or so driven into the future and we can't control either of those. Yeah. But what we can control is what we do in this moment how we feel in this moment. And that's why like a consistent yoga meditation, breathing exercise practice is going to help you because some days the mind is busy. You have so much to do and it's harder to find those moments of peace. In other days, it's just like easeful. It's easy. And what we get to do is witness that some days it's not and some days it is, but no matter what, you always have an anchor to come back into. 
I love that kind of visual that you make with calling it an anchor, calling it that center that you can always come back to. And I think that we can all relate to, you know, when we think of anxiety and depression, I think most people, you know, fall into that category and especially coming out of COVID, maybe it's even brought some of that to the surface for people that maybe didn't even feel that they had ever really dealt with depression or anxiety. And I know I've talked with a lot of my clients on depression is focusing on the past. We can't change that, right? Anxiety is fear of the future, fear of the unknown. A lot of times we're creating these scenarios and worrying about them and it's robbing us of our current today joys. So I love that you touch on that and talk about creating that anchor, making yourself present, something I'm really trying to work on myself even because it's hard for us, right? We're always go, go, go. We live in such a busy world, but I love thinking of that idea of, you know what, I can't control those things, but I can control the present and I can control this daily practice that I know is going to just continue to help me work towards that inner peace. Yeah, exactly. And we can, I myself included, just live in the past, live in the future. And that's what causes, as you said, depression and anxiety. And there's only one, one thing we can control. And that's how we respond to the present moment. And the moment that we take our power back, take that inner knowing that I get to choose how I feel in this moment, the moment we realize that we're free from the past and the future. Yeah. Oh, so much valuable. We've talked on so many amazing, amazing things. I truly appreciate you coming on with us. Do you have any other questions? Yeah. I mean, just as a beginner, I mean, somebody listening to this, they think of it, okay, I'm going to start doing this. Their first thought is like, how long is this going to take me to find my inner peace? How long? I mean, what do you tell people when they ask that question? There is no moment that you have it all or that you're going to have it figured out. It's a practice of just learning how to come back. And so if you want to like have something set in stone, like when am I going to get this figured out? I don't think I've been doing this for 13 years and I don't think I have it figured out because if I just went through a breakup, if I just moved to a new country, if COVID just happened, that's going to change how quickly I figure it out. And the same as a beginner, I honestly think that beginners have to work harder because it's new. And it's rewiring your brain. So if you want inner peace, if you want to be free of stress and anxiety, if you want to practice yoga, try your best to not be at wanting an end result. Do it because you want to see if this could work for you. And anyone that I work with, I say like, if you want instant gratification to know that after you do this for five days or seven days, that this is going to work for you. I can't say that this is your practice because it's not a pill. It's not a diet. It's not a, this is a lifestyle. So if you're in it because you want inner peace, if you want to be free of these things without medication or without another quick fix and medication is great. We need it sometimes, but do this because you want a new lifestyle. Do this because you're committed to this for the rest of your life. And then you don't have to think like, how soon am I going to see the benefits? Because When I found yoga, I had no idea it was going to save me from depression or overdose or, you know, being in the hospital from drinking too much or, you know, I was 40 pounds overweight when I started yoga. I didn't know it was going to transform my life, give me peace, give me like a healthy body, give me freedom. 
but it gave me something without me expecting something. And so if there's anything that I could say is try it and try it as a way to change your life into a lifestyle rather than a quick fix. Because people tell me I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. I I can't meditate because I can't sit still, but yoga is not a destination. It's a journey. Oh my gosh. I was literally thinking that the whole time. And when you talk about your journey and how it saved you, I think of myself and my own journey with fitness. I started this because I was, I was desperate. I was desperate. I was at a point where I was basically what, what could it hurt at this point? And I feel like sometimes that desperation gives us these situations that just completely transform our lives because we are at such a low point when we come to that crossroad that the desperation is like, I'm willing to try anything. I'm just in this to try. And when you go in with that open mind, you go in with the journey mindset, not just the end goal destination. And I think that is so valuable. And I think it's unfortunate that not everybody gets to start a journey in that way that maybe you and I did because it did keep it as an open door for us versus I'm chasing the carrot at the end. And I think, oh my gosh, I just love exactly how you worded all of that because I think I can relate to that. And I hope and pray others are listening to that and saying, wow, me too. That's how I feel. Or maybe somebody just listened to that and is able to say, you know what? I have to let go of this expectation of the end result and just work on the habits that I know are going to get me there without there being an end, right? It's a continued, it's a constant. Cause like you mentioned, life throws different things. You're going to have to adapt to that. You're going to have to, you're going to need different levels of this at different points in your life. It's going to look a little bit different. You're going to have to adapt and transform and adjust and constantly be looking to how can I intertwine this to make it benefit me in my current life, right? And so I think that holds a lot of value. Yeah. And I had a conversation with one of my students yesterday and it was like, why is it that we don't make a change until we have no other choice? Yeah. Why is it that we have to hit rock bottom to decide I want to develop? I want to put time and energy into becoming a better version of myself. But I think it's the mindset that like, there's no other choice. I have to do something now yeah. that gives us motivation, that gives us drive because we're at the point where there's no other direction to go. But like you said before, one once you realize exercise, yoga, meditation, eating well makes you feel better, live a better life, you have no doubt that you want to continue investing in yourself. You have no doubt that personal development and becoming the best version of yourself is like a value you'll never turn away from. But we have to find that like benefit. We have to find the results. And once you start to see the results of meditation or eating well, you keep going because you're like, Oh, I feel better. I'm seeing results. People are noticing I have peace. I'm going to keep going. But it takes that point of like getting there, like, you know, going to the gym, you don't want to go to the gym. And then all of a sudden, like a month in you're like, wow, I feel great. I look good. This is awesome. Yeah. But that first month sucked. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to get there. That desperation really is a driver. And I wish we could figure out a way without giving people desperation to help them find the equivalent to desperation to keep them pushing because these things take time. They take patience. But if you're really 
if you're really wanting a change, then you should be willing to, okay, I'm going to stick this out. I'm going to keep doing the things that I know are going to get me the results, even if I'm not getting the results right now. But that's hard. It is really, really hard for us to do that. Human nature, we want to give up. We want to, this is difficult. I don't want to do this anymore. But it's like usually right on the other side of that breaking point of I want to give up, I'm done, is the breakthrough where you start to feel like, oh, okay, this is working. This is actually doing things. And then you almost get addicted to that, like that amazing feeling, the, the perks of whatever you're, you're doing, you know, in yoga, that inner peace, like, oh my gosh, I just handled that situation so differently than I would have before this, you know, but it's like, it's right on the other side of that moment that everybody's like, I want to be done with this. This is too much. That's awesome. Amber. I, you had such powerful things to say, powerful things to share. I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing this with us. Um, for our listeners, if they want to know more about you, find you, how do they find you? How do they learn more about you and what you, what the services that you offer? Yeah. So basically you can just find me on Instagram, Facebook, um, Amber Hagberg, or email me amberhagberg at gmail.com. Great. Great. And we will link that in the show notes for everybody. For all of the listeners, I know you found so much value. I got a lot of value out of this today. Amber, thank you so much for coming on. I hope that we can have you in future episodes because I just think that this aligns so perfectly with everything that we teach. This is going to, I think this is going to blow up. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I think it's amazing because just the conversation we had is like the conversations that I, I love to have every day. And I think the more people that can have these conversations, the deeper that we can go into ourselves and our relationships. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Amber. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Self-Love Sit-Downs. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review. In the world of podcasting, the only way to climb the ranks is by receiving feedback via comments and ratings, in return, reaching as many people as possible. As always, if you love this episode or know someone who would find value in this, share it with a friend and tag us. You can find us on Instagram at Kelsey underscore Teddy and Mondofarius05. For any additional feedback, you can email us at selflovesitdowns at gmail.com. Welcome to your 15-minute yoga practice. Start your morning with this. End your day with it. Today, I want to dive into how to be authentically yourself. So as you're ready, find your way into a comfortable seated position on your yoga mat. I prefer to sit up on a bolster or block prop to elevate the hips. With your knees bent, one ankle in front of the other. Place your hands onto your thighs, palms face down. Close your eyes and draw the awareness to your breath. In a world where we're being conditioned to be something that we're not, To be yourself is a great accomplishment, Ralph Emerson. Today in the world, through social media, through marketing, we're told to be a certain size, eat a certain way, do this to acquire success. And yet we feel empty inside when we've done it all. 
and we still feel like something's missing. Whereas completely on the other side, there's this fear of like being different and standing out. What if I'm not accepted? What if I'm not liked? So then we lean into being quote unquote normal. And no matter which way we go, following society or fearing being different, we're missing that connection to ourselves of trusting who we're meant to be. So today on your yoga mat, explore and play. Listen to my cues, but then follow your own lead and make this practice the expression of you where you're authentic to what it is that you need in the moment. From that commitment to yourself, come forward onto your hands and knees, tabletop position, set any props aside. Shoulders over the wrists, hips over the knees, curl your toes under. Press through the heels of your feet as you spread your fingers wide. Inhale, lift your heart, lift your sitting bones, open your chest, cow pose. Exhale, tuck your chin, round your spine, shoulders towards the hips, breathe into the back of your heart, separate each individual vertebrae as you curl round in. Two more just like this. Inhale, open, cow. Exhale, round, cat. One more on your own. After your third exhalation, inhale, neutral, tabletop position. Stretch your right arm forward, right thumb to the sky. Extend and stretch your left leg back, left leg parallel to the ground, flex your toes towards the earth. Reach your right hand forward, your left foot back, reach and extend in opposite directions as you knit your inner ribcage towards one another, tone your belly. Slowly release, switch sides. Left arm forward, right foot back. To find the balance between being different and being what you're supposed to be, being normal. What is normal, right? But as you stretch and you reach, you're being pulled in two opposite forces. Come back to your center through toning your belly where you return home to what's authentic and true to you. Slowly release, tabletop position. Walk your hands, one hand print, print forward. With your toes curled under, spread your fingers wide, hover your knees off the ground, draw to the center, coming back home to you. As you begin to lift your sitting bones to the sky, straighten your legs. Bend your knees and press your heart towards your thighs, down dog, knees bent, Adho Mukha Svanasana. Slowly straighten your legs to the ability that you can here where we're just warming up. Hug your forearms in and stretch and wrap your shoulder blades around the sides of your body to create length through your neck. Extend the crown of your head towards your thumbs, ears in line with your arms. 
Hug your shins in, press your thighs back, tilt your sitting bones up as you send the energy down through your heels. Press your hands forward, your heels back, stretch your mat apart, down dog. Inhale, ripple forward, high plank, shoulders stack over the wrists. Heels over the balls of your feet as you stretch your heart forward, tone your belly, hug your inner thighs together, high plank. Bend your knees, glide your hips up and back, downward facing dog. Inhale, look forward toward your thumbs, come high up onto the balls of your feet. And one ball of the foot at a time, walk towards your hands, heels lifted, sitting bones high. Feet hips distance apart as you arrive to the top of your mat. Place your hands onto your shins just below your knees. Inhale, shine your heart forward as an offering and an expression that you're here to be who you are and show your heart to the world. Ardha Uttanasana, halfway lift, stretch your heart forward. Exhale, fold forward from your hips, forehead towards your shins, fingertips to frame the outer toes. Draw your shoulder blades towards the spine, reach your heart towards your shins as you lengthen your neck long. Draw the awareness inside of your heart coming back to you. Press down through your feet, root down into the earth. Inhale, reach your arms up, look up, palms come together. Gaze forward, exhale, hands in front of your heart. Close your eyes if they're not already and just press through your palms. Soften through your face. Stand in your power. Committed to be honest to yourself first. As we flow, inhale, reach the arms down, out, and up. Look up. Exhale, reach your chest forward, press your thighs back, fold from your hips. Fingertips underneath the shoulders, inhale, halfway lift, Ardha Uttanasana. Exhale, place your hands to the ground, step back, high plank pose, push up like position. Bend your knees, glide your hips up and back, downward facing dog. Inhale, look forward. Exhale, step your right foot forward in between your hands. Right knee over right ankle, left heel lifted. Press down through your feet, tone through your belly. Inhale, reach your arms out and up, full crescent lunge. Feet are in two separate train tracks. Hips point forward. Shoulders stack over the hips as you reach through the arms. Draw your shoulder blades together and down from the ears. Create more length through your neck as you reach through the crown of your head. Grow tall, stand bright. Exhale, place your hands to the ground. Step back, downward facing dog. Switch sides. Inhale, gaze forward. Exhale, step through. Stability and strength as you're le- in your legs. Inhale, reach your arms up. High crescent lunge. 
Exhale, place your hands to the ground. Step back, downward facing dog. Hips up, heels down. Slowly begin to lower your knees to the mat, table pose. Swing your feet both to the right. Sit back onto your left hip and allow the legs to come around out in front of you. Legs forward, legs straight. Stack your shoulders over your hips. Align your hips with your ankles, flex your toes towards your face and plant your hands to the outsides of your body for Dandasana staff pose. Shoulders over hips. Hips in line with ankles, flex your toes, press through your palms, hug into the midline, hug everything in. Here you are. This is me. I am strong. I'm standing in my power. I am hugging into my values, my truth. And then as you soften, bend your knees, place your hands to the backside of your thighs. Shift your way to about the middle of the mat. Preparing to come down onto your back, reach your arms out by your sides. Palms mirror one another. Lift your heart up. Feet to the ground, knees bent. Sitting on your sit bones. Arms out to the side. Lift your chest. And now with a really strong core, come down so slow. Vertebra by vertebra, roll down <laughs> with a smile on your face all the way down onto your back. When you arrive, take your fingertips and tickle your heels and then walk your feet just a little bit out of reach. Bend your elbows here so that your hands mirror one another like robot arms. Elbows are to the outside of your rib cage. Elbows are bent and palms face one another. Press into your feet, your elbows, and your shoulders. On an inhale, lift your hips up. Bridge pose. Setu Bandha Sarvangasana. From the roof of your mouth, send the energy through the hips, out through the knees. And from the roof of your mouth, press into the back of your head, stretch and create length. Exhale, slowly lower your sacrum down. Stretch your arms out to the sides, palms face down. Heel toe your feet to the wide edges of your mat, knees drop into touch. Press into your shoulders, press into your sacrum, create space in your low lumbar spine. Press your hands down, shoulders down. Tone your belly, inhale, hug your knees and your toes together as you lift your feet off the ground. Inhale, center. Exhale, lower your knees to the left. Inhale, come back to center. Exhale, lower your knees towards the right. Hug to the midline, inhale, come back to center. Straighten your legs out long. Heels to the outer edges of your mat. Heels in, toes out. Bring your arms down by your sides, palms face down. Soften your face, your arms, your belly, your legs. Let your body become heavy as you sit here still, connected deep to your breath.
Letting silence fill you now. Wiggle your toes and your fingers. Deepen your breath. As you bring your hands to the back of your thighs, rock forward and back. All the way up to seated, you can grab your cushion, block, bolster to sit under your hips to arrive into the posture we began. Knees bent, one ankle in front of the other, hands onto your thighs, sit tall, eyes closed, soften your face. And ask yourself, where can you be more authentic? Where can you be more true and honest to yourself? Is it leaning more towards being different and standing out? Or perhaps taking a break from listening to the rules and listening to your heart. Bring your hands together, bow your chin into your chest, a deep moment of gratitude. As your practice is now complete. Open your eyes. And I want to thank you. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. It's an honor to know that people are listening and gaining value while generating their own insights. For more actionable tools and practices, head over to my Facebook group, www.facebook.com groups slash yoga for inner peace to learn more practices that you can put into your toolbox to reduce stress, build confidence, and create a community of other women who are like you, wanting to better their lives, to better their communities. Thank you again for being here. And if you're on social, post a photo of you listening to this and tag me, Amber Hackberg, so we can hang out online and continue growing this relationship, first from the inside and then from the outside. I'll see you on the next episode.